Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Going Past the Veil, with service from your deepest conspiracies to your worst nightmares. We are your travel guides. I'm Taylor. And I'm Cassie. Please fasten your seatbelts, hold on to those drinks, and remember, there are no emergency exits. We are about to take off. Enjoy your adventure. Just a couple of friends doing what we love. Talking about the creepy crawly, conspiracies, unusual encounters, and wonders of the world. With just a dash of true crime. If you like what you hear, leave a rating or review on whatever app you're using. If you want to email us your stories or ideas, you can send those to goingpasttheveil at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at goingpasttheveil. You can even check out our website at Going Past the Veil with Taylor and Cassie.weebly.com. And if you want to support us, you can do so at patreon.com slash going past the veil with Taylor and Cassie, with membership starting as low as $6 a month. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are. And a huge shout out to our listeners in the United States, United Kingdom, Australia, France, Germany, Canada, South Africa, Morocco, Italy, Ireland, Sweden, and Russia. I cannot believe how far we have traveled. It is amazing. I know, guys. Our passports are just racking up those, uh, is it stamps? I should know this. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yes, yeah, stamps. And I don't even have a passport. Oh my gosh. I, like I have that. one. I just haven't had the chance to use it yet. Because COVID. If we missed your country, please let us know. And by the way, we are skipping horoscopes today because this is a mini-sode. A mini-sode. Mini-sode. This is a highly requested and anticipated episode and we are finally getting it for you. Shout out to Jackie who keeps asking when it's coming and also she's like the absolute best and I just love her. So love you, Jackie. And here you go, girl. So what are we talking about today? The one and only Mothman. That's right. Not Superman, not Batman. We are talking about Mothman. What is a Mothman, though? Physically, it resembles a man with gray skin whose bug eyes glow red, a wingspan of 10 plus feet and claws. Many say that it's an alien life form with connections to UFOs and men in black. It is one of the most intriguing examples of modern American folklore. Super creepy. Let's go back to the first sighting on November 15th, 1966. Two young couples were taking an evening drive down a quiet road outside of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Their drive took them to the overgrown bunkers of the TNT area, which was remnants of a World War II munitions plant. Suddenly, their headlights caught sight of a six-foot-tall, man-shaped thing with shining red eyes staring at them from the tree line. Obviously, this scared the crap out of them, and they sped away, only to notice a few moments later that it started following them on wings with, like I said, a 10-foot span. Here are a few quotes from the couple that night. Here are a few quotes from the young couples that night. It was a bird, or something. It definitely wasn't a flying saucer. 
It was like a man with wings. It wasn't like anything you'd see on TV or in a monster movie. Apparently, it's afraid of light, and maybe it thought it was scaring us off. The creature was described as being very fast, since it was able to keep up with the couple's car speeding off at 100 miles per hour, and it was hovering over the car. But it was a really clumsy runner. Mothman, I feel you. I feel you so much. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) Mothman became such a popular topic in this small town that the Point Pleasant Register newspaper was running headlines on it, such as, Couple see man-sized bird. Creature. Something. Locals believe that Mothman lives in a vacant nuclear power plant on the outskirts of town, an area once home to a secret government facility where nuclear weapons were tested. Is Mothman a product of government testing? A winged creature born from a nuclear material? West Virginia isn't the only area that you can supposedly see a Mothman. On a warm Friday night one summer, John Amatrano was working a security shift for Chicago's popular hangout, The Owl. He said he saw something odd. Quote, I saw a plane flying, but also something moving under it. It didn't look like a bat so much as what illustrations of pterodactyls look like. This thing didn't have any feathers or fur, and it didn't fly like anything I'd ever seen. End quote. John added that the thing he saw had muscular legs, a jutting tailbone, and was human-shaped. It flew in a strange swooping motion. After it flew away, he grabbed his phone from the charger and texted his girlfriend and friends what he had seen. Quote, I remember thinking this was the worst time to have my phone charging, end quote. What John saw was one of the 50-plus reports in the Chicago area sightings of flying humanoid creatures in 2017. Many reports have varied from a large black bat-like being with glowing eyes to a big owl, or something that resembled a gargoyle, or a mothman. Most witnesses spotted the being in flight, but some disturbing reports say it was dropping onto hoods of cars, peeping in through windows, and landing down near bystanders. Ooh. John remembered seeing something online about the sightings, and as he read more, he found and contacted Lon Strickler, a researcher who's been compiling all of Chicago's sightings on his website, Phantoms and Monsters. Strickler, whose book Mothman Dynasty, Chicago's Winged Humanoids, has been investigating paranormal sightings since the late 1970s and claims to have seen both a Mothman and Bigfoot. (laughs) Yay! Since the sightings started in February, he's been interviewing witnesses and documenting their accounts. Now I have a question, Cassie. So he's seen both Mothman and Bigfoot? Did he see them at the same time? Were they together hanging out? Are they friends? Do they vacation together? Do they like to hang out with each other? Are they kind of cousins? Do they, what, what do they do? I don't want to, I want to know everything. I want to know everything too. Um, I don't know if you saw them together because is Bigfoot sighted in the Chicago area? I thought it was more mountainous areas. No, no, because no, he's kind of, no, he's got lots of places he's been viewed. I, like I said, I doubt it was together. But honestly, if Mothman and Bigfoot are friends, I'm sure they are also friends with Nessie and they have giant family gatherings. <gasps> what if they do? Oh, I so want to know how you get an invitation because I want to go. 
Um, I would love to go. I would love to go and I would love to hang out with them and be friends with them and just enjoy life with them. So mm-hmm. I am totally cool with that. The kids would love it. You know, we could call Bigfoot Uncle Bigfoot. It would be great. Yes. It would be great. And I would be very happy. Well, according to Strickler, the Chicago sightings are unlike anything he's ever seen in his decades, repeat, decades of investigating. This group of sightings is historical in cryptozoology terms. For one, it's happening in an urban area for the most part, and there are so many sightings in one period. He added that he believes that there are at least three flying humanoids around Chicago due to the varied locations, the sighting in certain neighborhoods, and the small differences in reports. So wait a second, I have another question. Just because I'm sure there are some people who just want to make sure that they know what they know and that it's correct what they're thinking. How, how long is a decade again? Ten years. Okay, guys, I asked the question you were probably wondering. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> The main reference Strickler uses for explaining this phenomenon was the wave of reported Mothman sightings in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. From 1966 to 1967, there were reports of a large, man-like bird with glowing red eyes. Local folklore later tied the monster to being a bad omen causing the tragic bridge collapse in 1967. The sightings were made popular by John Keel's 1975 novel, The Mothman Prophecies, which was adapted into a film in 2002, and since then, the town has celebrated Mothman with an annual festival. Um, I think we should go. Yes. I wholeheartedly believe we should do that, and it's for research, not just to have fun, you know? Well, later in this episode, I will give you the information on when and where to go, and we will start planning that trip. Yes! I'm so down, so down for this. Strickler doesn't believe that what Chicagoans have been seeing are harbingers of bad things to come. Quote, these beings are less aggressive than the one in Point Pleasant, for the most part. I believe overall there was only one being in the Point Pleasant area that was seen during that period, end quote. While he's not sure why people are seeing what they're seeing, he theorized, quote, I think they're flesh and blood beings that just are not of this world, end quote. Ooh, that is like, ooh, that's cool. The sightings on November 15th, 1966, by the two young couples was actually not the first sighting. So November 12th, just three days earlier, five men were digging a grave at a cemetery near Clendenin, West Virginia. They claimed to have seen a man-like figure flying low from the trees over their heads. During the next few days, many other people started to report similar sightings. Two firemen saw it and said it was, quote, a large bird with red eyes, end quote. Mason County Sheriff George Johnson said that he believed that the sightings were due to a large heron, which is a large fish-eating bird with long legs, a long S-shaped neck, and a long pointy beak. Hmm. Contractor Newell Partridge told Johnson that when he pointed a flashlight at the creature in a nearby field, its eyes glowed, quote, like bicycle reflectors, end quote. He also blamed the buzzing noises that came from his TV and the disappearance of his German Shepherd on Mothman. So, does he think Mothman ate the German Shepherd? I don't know. But Strickler did say that the Mothman in West Virginia was more aggressive than the ones in Chicago. Hmm, I wonder why. Because Probably because probably he lives alone. He's just a saddled man. Oh, yeah, that could be why. 
Wildlife biologist Dr. Robert L. Smith told reporters that the sightings all fit the description of a sandhill crane, which is a large American crane, almost as high as a man, with a seven-foot wingspan. It has circles of reddish coloring around the eyes. This bird was not recognized in this area because it's not native to this region and may have wandered out of its migration route. Aw, buddy. But the sightings came to a halt after December 15, 1967, when the Silver Bridge connecting Point Pleasant, West Virginia, to Gallipoli, Ohio, collapsed due to the weight of rush hour traffic, unfortunately resulting in the death of 46 people. Two of the victims were never found. Coincidence? Investigations into the collapse pointed to the cause of the disaster being a failure to a single bar in the suspension chain due to a small defect. Analysis showed that the bridge was carrying much heavier loads than what it was built for, and had also been poorly maintained. The Silver Bridge was originally built May 30th, 1928 by the American Bridge Company. It was 2,235 feet long and lasted 39 years. They later built the Silver Memorial Bridge, December 5th, 1969. Now, we're not just giving you a history lesson on a bridge because that would make for a pretty boring podcast, but... What we are doing is telling you about a disaster that many claim was foretold by the appearance of Mothman, very similar to the book and movie mentioned before, Mothman Prophecies. Which I rented and watched while working on this episode, and it's actually a pretty good supernatural horror mystery type movie. I highly suggest giving it a go. I got it, I rented it for $3.99 on Google Play. The movie follows a reporter who researched Mothman after the mysterious accident that killed his wife. Hmm. And the accident in the movie is is the bridge? No, it is a car accident with them driving down the street. But, like, what happens is they're driving along and talking, and she looks at him and then looks in front of her, and then there's just this, like, swooping creature with red eyes that causes her to lose control of the car and crash into a tree. Huh. Sightings haven't only been in West Virginia. Actually, alleged sightings of Mothman have occurred all over the world. Some conspiracy theorists believe that he was at Chernobyl before it went critical, as well as when the planes hit the Twin Towers on 9-11. But what if Mothman is just an owl? Hmm. Well, according to Joe Nickel, an author and investigator with the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry, which apparently is a thing, who knew, the original Mothman is just that an owl. But how did a nocturnal bird become an extra-dimensional demon? Joe became more interested in the Mothman case after looking into a similar monster report in 1952, a hissing monster that scared a family with its piercing eyes and long claws, which he soon identified as a barn owl. (laughs) (laughs) The idea that Mothman was actually just some large bird has been circulating since the first sighting in 1966. Barn owls seem likely because they're already considered creepy. But I want to know by who, because owls are adorable. Ornithologist, basically a bird scientist, Rob Beauregard says, quote, When it comes to haunted houses and ghosts, I've always assumed that it's barn owls. They make really bizarre noises and like roosting in buildings that look haunted, end quote. Ryan Barbour A researcher with the Barn Owl Project says that they have an unsettling, odd appearance, and their vocals are heavy with hisses and clicks. In Texas and Mexico, barn owls are called la chusa, 
or Lechuza, I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, which are shape-shifting witches that foretell foul fortune. Quote, some of those who have declined our invitation to come out and do field work with us are actually bird biologists who say they're freaked out by barn owls. End quote. Ooh. To Joe Nickel, the barred owl sounded like a match for the Mothman. Quote, we know that barred owls exist. We know that they were in McClintock Wildlife Management Area. We know that they have crimson eye shine and otherwise fit the description, big winged and with silent flight, end quote. And I want to just throw in there that I did look up pictures of a barred owl and compared it to various pictures of like what Mothman is said to look like. And I want to know where he is seeing this, where they look similar, because I don't see it. Right. But either way, how do you go from a 17-inch owl to a six-foot horror monster? In a 2010 episode of the television show Monster Quest, Nichols drove volunteers down a dark road with plywood mothmen, complete with bike reflectors for eyes. No one, not a single person, was able to correctly guess the size of the cutouts. Quote, it's very hard to judge the size of something seen at night at an unknown distance. And if you misjudge how far away it is, you misjudge its height by the same amount. End quote. Scared people also tend to fixate on the object of their fear, causing it to look larger in their memory. It's easy to see how an unexpected encounter with a barred owl could be memorable and scary. But if you just can't get enough of Mothman, like we were talking about earlier, there's an annual festival in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, which started in 2002. The Mothman Festival sees an estimate of 10 to 12,000 people per year. The festival is held on the third weekend of September, hosting guest speakers, vendors, pancake eating contests, and loads of tours of local areas. A 12-foot statue was made and unveiled in 2003. The Mothman Museum and Research Center opened in 2005. But what I want to know is, how is the pancake related to Mothman? Maybe he likes pancakes. Or German Shepherds. We don't know. But I'm down for pancake eating contest. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Unfortunately, due to COVID, they are postponing the 2020 festival to September 18th and 19th, 2021. But they state on their website that you're welcome to check out the town and the museum anytime throughout the year. It's open seven days a week. Adult admission is $4.50 and kids are $1.50. So super cheap. I think we have a vacation coming up. Uh, Yeah, I think the kids would have a blast. And like you said, it is so cheap. That's crazy. I'm, I'm going, but that's on my bucket list. So, Taylor, do mm -hmm. you believe in Mothman? So, I know that there's, like, that whole hysteric uh, mania or something where, like, lots of people feel like they see something or they saw um, a mythical object or person or whatever. And so, a lot of people believe it. But And I kind of swayed that way at first, that maybe it was just so many people were telling the story and so you see something and so you're part of that hysteria. But... I don't know. The, the thing is, and I don't know what it is with me, I love mythical beasts. And I really love the fact that they are, they're just not viewed correctly. Like people, are, they're scared of all, they're, they're frightened by him, just like they are with Bigfoot and Nessie. And I just think that they're loving and they're caring and they just, you know, 
maybe I know they said that they were bad omens, but maybe they were just trying to save people or chasing off what was going to destroy the bridge. I don't, I sound crazy, don't I? Oh, goodness. But no, because I agree. It's like, you don't know that he was the reason that happened. For all you know, he was like, okay, I know this is going to happen. I've got to try to stop it. And maybe more people would have died had he not done something. Right, exactly. Exactly. What about you, Cassie? Well, based on my explanation just there, I would say that I believe in Mothman. (laughs) So yeah, we believe in Mothman, guys. And Jackie, thank you so much for talking to me about this and putting this idea into our heads about doing this episode. Because now I'm super interested and I really want to go to West Virginia and uh, check out that festival next year. So kind of excited We should take Jackie with us to the festival. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to ask Jackie. Yeah, definitely. Well, that about wraps up this minisode. And another quick shout out to Marina, Adrian, and Kelly. Thank you guys so much for your support. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys. And we can't wait to talk to you guys next time. Travel safe. Bye. Good at waiting. But lately I've been waiting by myself.